Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hey everyone, did you hear the news? Wake Up With Gratitude was featured in the July 20th edition of Women's World Magazine. Now you might not have been able to grab your copy uh, from the local newsstand or grocery store, but not to worry, I've plastered it all over my social media, so just check out the social links in the podcast and you can take a look at the article yourself. Now I know that some of you might be wondering, you know, how can I best support the podcast or the art that Julie is doing or some of her writing? Well, I've created an account with Patreon. Now, if you're not sure what Patreon is, it's a way for you to support an artist, so someone who's doing something like a podcast or the art that I do with my cards and my photography on a monthly basis. And you can support me with a monthly donation. The lowest tier starts at $3 a month, and then I give you exclusive gifts in return for saying thank you for your patronage. It's kind of like in the old days when artists would have a patron that would support them financially to allow them to do their art without having to worry about putting a roof over their head or food on the table. So this is the new world version of what it's like to support an artist. Every little bit makes a difference and I truly appreciate all of your support and I'd like to keep this podcast really focused on the content as opposed to you know, filling it up with ads. So if you'd like to support me, please visit patreon.com forward slash wake up with gratitude and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash wake up with gratitude. Don't forget as a level one or above supporter, your name will be shouted out on the podcast to thank you for your support. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm bringing you an interview that I did several months ago with my friend Lisa Moranti. Now, please note that this interview was recorded a few months before the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'll give you a quick update after her intro on what Lisa's up to now. So Lisa is the founder of One Tree Love. She's a yoga instructor, an environmental educator, and retreat leader. In this interview, we talk about our relationship with trees and the important role that trees and nature play in our lives. Lisa enjoys teaching yoga to kids as it was her yoga practice as a teen that helped her to deal with the challenges she faced as a young adult. In our interview, Lisa shares the wisdom she's learned from the trees. She also shares how she finds a way to balance her passion with her career while maintaining self-love as her number one priority. Since the pandemic began, Lisa has been very busy. She's developed a mindful cycling series with several collaborators, has been hosting kids yoga sessions on Zoom, and safe distancing small adult in-person sessions, including yoga ventures, which include hiking, biking, kayaking, and stand-up paddleboarding. I love seeing her make this shift to be able to continue to serve her community even during these difficult and changing times. So let's get into this interview with my good friend, Lisa Moranti of One Tree Love. Hey everyone, it's Julie Boyer here with my self-love series, and I'm so excited to welcome one of my oldest and dearest friends, Lisa Moranti. Welcome, Lisa. Hello. 
I am so excited to be doing this with you. Uh, Lisa and I have known each other for a very long time. We actually met overseas back in, I think, 2004 or five. We can't really pinpoint the time, but it has been a very long time. And thanks to the gift of social media and Facebook, we've stayed in touch with, with each other. And Lisa has so many beautiful things that I wanted her to share because she is someone who literally lives self-love every single day in what she does. Mm, founder of One Tree Love, which she's going to tell us all about. But I just, I've always been inspired by how much Lisa just shares her joy for life with us through social media and through her newsletter. It's, it's really nice to see that someone actually really just enjoys, you know, being in nature and giving to others and just being herself. And that's why it's so important that um, I invited you to speak with us today. Mm -hmm. So after that little intro, I would love <laughs> you to tell us a little bit about your story and, and kind of what One Tree Love is all about. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's just so amazing to connect with you. And like you said, social media has been such a gift, um, at least for, you know, especially for our friendship. So really grateful for it. Um, so, you know, for me, um, I was a kid who just sought nature. Um, I grew up in New Jersey and uh, I had family that, you know, really appreciated the outdoors, but in a much different way. And I was the kid who just really got down um, and looked at things, um, you know, the finer things. And so as I kind of ventured on, um, I continued to study nature and I wasn't very science inclined, but I knew that I loved the outdoors and just things just intrigued me. I didn't necessarily need to know what everything was, but just being immersed was something that was so important. So I did go on um, in college to study uh, environmental biology and really focus a lot on water. And so for for me that, you know, water is life, right? Yeah. Um, but my interesting thing for me is that during uh, my teen years, which I'm sure I'm not alone that they were rough um, for me. And my parents moved me um, out of state to Pennsylvania and we were living in state game land. And I, um, I found that I really found solace and just an amazing abundance of love um, whenever I was out immersed in nature and specifically in trees. And there was this one particular tree that I would visit and um, and it really just really became a home base for me. And so that just kind of continued. And of course, as I've gone on, I've done a lot of work in environmental education and outdoor adventures. And, um, and the piece about connecting with something that you really just love. And so for me, it's trees, also water. Um, and so trees, course for many of us um, are really rooted in our our whole being and so um, when when a, my partner and I were deciding around naming for the organization um, that I have it was kind of really poignant that it became one tree love and kind of like plays on one true love and on obviously one love and that trees can be that really beautiful abundant symbol of love it's so funny when you talk about one tree, it's like, I have this tree that mm -hmm. I photograph a lot. <laughs> People mm -hmm. might've seen it. You know, it's at Piper's Lagoon. It's this beautiful Arbutus tree. And it's not the biggest or the most majestic tree. I mean, I right. live on Vancouver Island with a lot of really great trees. But mm -hmm. this one, it just, 
there's something really magical about this tree and I love just like you know saying hi to it and photographer like taking these pictures of this tree almost every time that I visit so there is something super magical about it can be just the one tree but it doesn't have to be the same tree every place obviously you can find a new tree in different places and I like how you carried that all the way from your teen years Mm -hmm. uh, into being an adult um I know you do a lot of work with young people as well. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that work too. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, for me, kind of being in that space in nature, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I was really, I was meditating. I was being um, super mindful um, of my breathing, of my my place on the earth. And so um, you know, I then eventually kind of stumbled as I'm reading Mother Earth magazine. Um, so that was the kind of like go-to magazine that I always read in high school. And they kept mentioning yoga and how great it was for anxiety and depression. And, and of course, I suffered from those things as a teenager and was, you know, medicated and, and things like that. And, and I remember saying to my mom, no, mom, I want to I wanna do this thing called yoga that I'm reading about in in this magazine. And so I started um, a practice with uh, VHSs at home with uh, my teacher, Rodney Yee. And actually just this year, just a couple months ago, was the first time I practiced him in person. And so that's how I started my practice. It was probably another four years before I ever had a live yoga instructor. And so the combination of spending time in nature, doing what you know now I know was meditating, and having an asana, a physical practice of yoga, were the things that really just continue to empower me, to continue to bring that self-love and self-care to me. And so, you know, as I've continued my yoga journey and I've continued my teaching journey, um, the, the, it kind of all came together when it was like, ah, teaching kids yoga. And so when I got into teaching, it was because I wanted to teach kids. It wasn't because I thought about teaching adults, which now I do, um, but it was really about kids because you know I stumbled all those years by myself, learning the practice you know, with a one-way teacher. And so it was really critical for me to, to bring the offerings to, to youth. And, um, and so I work with kids, I actually work with pre-K all the way through high school. Um, and so I work in the school system with an amazing organization, actually a couple organizations, but um, one that we go into the schools, that's um, an organization locally called Zen Works Yoga. And so we go into the public school system, we're in their school day. And then I also work with another organization called Fostering Hope. And we actually go into um, a foster facility and, um, and work with the youth there. So you know, it's, it is truly amazing. I remember people comment to me and say, but kids don't do yoga. Like that's not a practice for kids. And, um, and obviously over the years I've seen, you know, amazing growth. Um, I'm very fortunate that in one of my schools, I'm with the same kids now for the third year in a row. And so to be able to see them and how they, um, they tell me how they take the practice off the mat and the things that they do to support each other, um, when when they see anybody in distress it's just it's so amazing and so you know talk about having a, a reason to to kind of get up in the morning right and so those kids definitely fulfill me 
I think this work is extremely powerful to go to the younger generation and start there, especially, I mean, you live in the United States. Culturally right now, there's a lot of unrest. There's fear. There's, um, you know, people are divided. People just right. don't know where to look. Children are really ungrounded. Mm -hmm. And they're, of course, the ones that are building our future. So the fact that your work focuses specifically on connecting with youth and with children is exciting. And it's interesting how, you know, you went through this as a teenager, you were looking for answers. You were on your own. You mm -hmm. found a video, which is amazing. And that sort of thread carried through your life for decades until yep. you actually then brought that gift back to others. And I think that's, it's really special because we sometimes often as adults, we push down the things that we mm. loved as children or that right. really helped us at children or our passions. Mm. You've always kept it. And I know you've been through a lot of different jobs and a lot of different things, but now here you are and you're just really living all the things that One Tree Love actually is, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm so grateful for. I have, you know, I've been kind of, if I look back, it's just been a continued evolution of this. Um, I have many friends who've gone into the environmental field and um, for different factors, they've had to pull away from doing that work because of, surely it's not an area that you make a lot of money in. And yeah. so for their needs, they've had to pull away. And, um, and so I've been really fortunate and blessed that I've worked for organizations that you know, have really supported me and my work. And, um, and then, you know, when I decided to, to make some of that change to be able to devote more of my time to really practicing um, and, and bringing my services to others that, that are on kind of my own terms. And so um, I now, you know, I work part-time still for an yeah. amazing organization and then am able to, to do my work with One Tree Love, which then, as you've heard, kind of ventures, ventures off in with some of these other amazing organizations. So um, but the, the message of environmental um, stewardship and of connecting with nature is something that I thread through all of my classes. Um, even when I go into the schools, you know, we spend time meditating and I'm um, having mindful moments looking at acorns to study, you know, what an acorn looks like and what makes it unique from one acorn to another, see if we can find it again in the mixture of all of our classmates. And so, you know, it's those little moments that I'm able to bring in nature um, into the classroom, into my programs, even if they're indoors, is something, you know, that is really, um, you know, a keystone of my work um, as a yoga instructor and a teacher that, um, that I don't, I don't divert from that. I mean, that nature is who we are and what we come from and, and staying connected with that is, is, um, you know, is truly the goal for myself as well as to hopefully promote for other people. You are very grounded, my friend. That is one thing. And that is one thing. Someone who's very connected to nature, connected to trees and water has that beautiful grounding. Mm. Um, mm. And I've always known you to be grounded. Mm. Oh. I There's something I want to point out about your story, which I want people to just be open and listen to, is that you said for a long time, you had different jobs. You were working full time. You kind of kept up working on your passion on the side as you weren't doing it as you weren't making income doing it. And here you are today and you're still working part-time. You still work for someone else part-time and you do your passions and get paid for those as well. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's often like a, either you quit your job and you go for your mm -hmm. passion or not. 
And I think what I love about your story is it just provides another way to think about things. Mm -hmm. You took your time, you've gradually done it, you've kept moving towards your goal, but in a way that doesn't put you or your family in financial distress. Mm -hmm. And you carry that beautiful thread through all of the work that you've done. And now you found a really great balance and this might be it for a while, or you might right. end up transitioning 100% to being an entrepreneur and doing right. your own thing, but maybe not. And I think that in itself is a message of self-love and self-respect and self-understanding is like, this is what works for you, mm -hmm. right? Right. It's put you in a really beautiful place to share your message without desperation behind it, right? I have to right. make this work. I have to make this work. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always think like it's a slow organic growth, right? Like just as we think about what, what does it take to, to kind of get that ground ready for a garden, right? Or if you're going to plant a tree, right? You need to amend the soil. You need to get things stabilized and, um, and really get your foundation. And so for me, I've thought about One Tree Love is, you know, I'm really content with letting it to be a slow organic growth. Um, you know, we have talks about whether or not it becomes a co-op, um, which has been one of the really um, strong dreams that mm -hmm. it would be a co-op, but you know we also think maybe it could be a nonprofit. Um, right now, it is in fact an LLC, and so just staying open to that, also thinking that this is something. This is what I'm going to retire doing. You know, this is really my life's mission. Yeah. Um, you know, in yoga we use the term dharma, and so you know I I know that to be true, and so crush it, right? Like I have you know, more of this beautiful life to live and, and to make this happen. And so rather than, you know, being a startup, um, I'm more in the, the slow, the slow movement, right? Like I'm my, the way I practice my yoga is very slow flow. So, um, so the way that I build my business has been really about slow flow. Um, it's been about, you know, building connections and, and having seasons and, and ramping up and sometimes pulling back and other, you know, right now I've been, I'm kind of pulled back from a lot of my public offerings because I'm doing a lot of work with with youth. I mean, I'm about about 450 students that I'm working with in the schools right now, which meant like I just had to kind of pull back from some of my public offerings. And I'm also coming up on um, leading a, a retreat to Puerto Rico soon. And so rather than feel that I needed to do so much and, and be super busy um, bringing in more clients, I really made the decision um, especially for this, you know, school year and and this winter, to really just to let myself focus on, you know, those particular areas. And so having a business that allows me to ebb and flow in that way um, has definitely, as you said, taken a lot of pressure off. I'm certainly having um, another job that I do three to four days a week that um, that really supports me um, to develop my 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 professional um, side that is volunteer management has been really amazing too. And so um, it all interconnects in, yeah. in the work that I do. You know, my, my other jobs, um, they all bleed in um, to, to really kind of what my life's mission and goals are. So that's another really beautiful aspect to me. So you have a very full plate. You uh, help, you work with youth, you offer private offerings, you're uh, leading this retreat, uh, you also have a job, you have a partner. How do you practice self-love in your own life? Because when we give so much of ourselves to others, the self-love part is obviously, it's necessary. And you did mention one strategy already is where you pulled back on some of the things that you're mm -hmm. doing in order to 
make the space for all the good things. But if you looked at kind of a daily or weekly basis, what does that practice look like for you? Well, I would say it's my number one job is, mm. is self-love. Um, so, you know, people kind of tease me all the time. I never go anywhere without a water bottle. And typically that means that there's actually like five water bottles in my car or around me. Um, I carry, uh, my partner was really sweet for Valentine's Day. I got gallon jugs, thermal jugs to leave in my car. So, uh, so that, you know, I always have plenty of water. So hydrating yeah. certainly a huge component of my practice um, and just the, my way of life. And so um, that, making sure that I have really nutritious foods, I, I prepare most of all of my own foods because I, I eat, um, you know, a very specific way that I know that my body really is calling for. So I don't leave the house without food as well. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I definitely prioritize sleep among everything else. You know, like right now I know I didn't get my, meet my deadline for my December e-news, which I love doing. But in order to do it, I would have had to stay up some late nights. And I'm just, I'm not going to sacrifice that because at the end, you know, I can't perform and, and be of yeah. service to anyone else if I'm not doing some of those basic functions. Um, you know, things like a daily practice of yoga, meditation, breath work, I do. But you know what? It can look different every single day. And I give myself permission that if it's two minutes, then it's two minutes. You know, and if it is three hours and I have that luxury, then I take it and I feel, you know, as supported by the things around me to do that and, and really remind myself to not feel selfish in taking that time, um, but, but yeah. doing it. And, yeah. and of course, it's a daily practice and, yeah. and reminding myself of that because some days, man, is it so easy to beat ourselves up, right? But reminding myself that I have that choice and, um, and then it's, it's, it's all up here. Right. So, um, so those are just some examples, um, of those things that I do. You know, it's, as I said, it's, it's my number one job is to take care of this. So, so that I can take care of others. I appreciate that you, you actually shared that because this is my mission is to help other women mostly. I mean, men that are listening, of course, I want you to focus on self-love and self-care and often men actually completely ignore this, but mm -hmm. women right now are more aware that we've got to start taking better care of ourselves and saying it's your number one job, I think, and without feeling selfish or guilty, I think mm -hmm. we've just opened the door and allowed women to give themselves permission to just, this is my number one job, take yep. care of first because all the rest depends on my sleep and my water intake in a reusable container. It's like, I like won't buy a water bottle. Like I just won't. Nope. Like mm -hmm. won't buy a plastic water. If someone gives me some, I'm like, no, no. Like, yeah. No, thank you. It's yeah. like, I, I can't leave. I literally can't run an errand without mm -hmm. having a water bottle in my car. So <laughs> I, I am known, I am known to walk into restaurants with my water bottle and I'm like, Oh, I have my water bottle. Oh, okay. I have my water bottle. So, oh, you know, no, I, I take it, it all the time. I take it's it everywhere. Filled my rest, my bottle at a restaurant with like the pitcher uh -huh. <laughs> many times. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, I feel you on that part of it for sure. Mm -hmm. And the food thing too, uh, like you, I have a lot of different 
food sensitivities and I, you know, I cannot eat gluten and I choose not to eat meat. So often when I'm traveling, I will have like a bag of snacks with me at all times because feeding myself and nourishing myself with healthy foods Mm -hmm. really does make a difference in the way that I um, live. I think, I mean, these are reasons why you and I have been so aligned for so many years. (laughs) We have a lot of beautiful parallel passions and ways that we treat ourselves and the ways that we treat the world as well. So as we wrap up this really beautiful time together, I always ask my guests, if you could offer one tip, one habit that people can start doing or stop to doing, um, what would that be for you? Hmm. One, just hmm. the one. <laughs> um, I guess to really stay kind of um, to the, to that that message for me about nature is is taking that time to look at something in nature, whatever it is, right? If it's a tree, you know, if it's a rock, whatever, man-made it even can be, right? But something that's external to us and and allowing ourselves to kind of get lost in sort of just noticing the nuances of it. Because I think what we'll find is that we continue to, to kind of turn that back to see, you know, that we're just part of that. You know, this energy exchange, it's all, it's all one, it's all connected. So, you know, taking us outside of ourselves um, and, and kind of seeing that broader connection is something that, you know, I hope for, for everyone to be able to do. And, and that could be, you know, 30 seconds. And doing that, focusing for one moment as well on nature is what allows us to experience gratitude. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You and I are also so connected through gratitude. That is one of the things that's held us together uh, as friends for all these years is our commitment to sharing gratitude and expressing gratitude through our work in very different ways, but that doesn't really matter. What's beautiful is the same message is being shared. Um, and that is when you stop, when you look at anything that, that comes from nature, I feel like it's a reminder of gratitude. It's a reminder of abundance, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and it really grounds us in the present moment. So yeah, I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah. Um, how do we find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? So at the moment, um, I'm on Facebook, um, and to find it, it's like one tree love health and wellness. We have a website, onetreelove.com. Stay tuned. We're working on Twitter. Um, Once the former One Tree Love company kind of uh, hands that off to us and and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the, the, one of the things that I know that a lot of the folks that I've worked with and that are all around the world actually um, is the monthly e-news. So you can subscribe to that on the website, onetreelove.com. It comes out about mid-month and has a lot of wellness tips and just some reflections. And then of course, some of the offerings that I have. That's perfect. Thank you. I will make sure all those links are shared, whether you're watching the video or the audio. Lisa, I have, I am so grateful for this project for bringing us together for a live call because it has been far too long. And thank you everyone who listened in. I love sharing these beautiful conversations with my community, with those that are listening to the podcast or watching the videos, wherever you see us. I really hope that the messages that Lisa shared really resonated with you today. Thanks, Lisa. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. 
I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, if you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.